time for the Vintage Truth Podcast with best-selling author and Bible teacher, Jeff Kinley. Hey, welcome to the Vintage Truth Podcast, and we're back from Thanksgiving break. Hope this is going to be a great day for you. Hope it has been a good day for you. And I've been in a series on discipleship, talking about what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ, but I want to take a quick little parenthetical pause and talk about something that uh, kind of hit me the other day. I was uh, reading the news and, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in, in the news today about uh, tragedy in people's lives and, and things that people have done. And, but one thing that, uh, that I noticed is, but just about every week, someone famous dies, you know, there's a famous celebrity and they'll say, Oh, we lost so-and-so this week kind of thing. And, most of you may not know who this person is, actually, but there was a very famous um, TV uh, pop star back in the 70s by the name of David Cassidy. And David Cassidy was uh, the star of the Partridge family, and he had a lot of uh, hits and stuff like that. And, you know, he was kind of the Justin Bieber of his generation. And, you know, girls went crazy over him, and they had, you know, number one gold million selling hits. And he traveled the world as a solo act and just packed out arenas. I mean, tens of thousands of screaming girls and that type of thing. And, of course, I wasn't into him for that. But uh, he did have some pretty good music along the way. And very, very talented person. But in his later life, he lost all his money, ended up sleeping on someone's couch, kind of made a comeback, and but had a lot of problems with alcohol and with uh, some uh, health issues. And anyway, all that to say is that at age 67, he passed away last week and of organ failure. And you say, well, gosh, what's the whole, you know, what's the big deal about that? People, people die every day and famous people die every day. Well, they do. Um, but I read something that his daughter said that was recorded uh something she said about his last words. She said, as he was dying, she said, I, I heard his last words. And his last words were this, so much wasted time. So much wasted time. And I'm sure looking back over his own life, as we are given the opportunity to do when we don't die suddenly, people get the opportunity to kind of review their own life. You know, they always say your life flashes before your eyes, before you die. I mean, people do. They have a sense of their mortality. They look back over their life. They think about what they've done, what they haven't done, what they regret. And I've been at the bedside of many of those people who are close to drawing their last breath. And things come out of their mouth that are contemplating in their minds. And they say things that they haven't said before uh, to people that they haven't said them to. And for him to say, so much wasted time just made me think about the fact that we are all given a certain number of years, of days upon this earth. And as Christians, as people who are believers in Jesus Christ, it's important for us to make sure that we use those days wise, wisely. In fact, I read in Psalm 90 in verse 12, the psalmist wrote, Lord, teach me to number my days so that I can present to you a heart of wisdom. In other words, help me know that I have limited time here. So help me use it wisely. It's, it's sort of like, you know, if you go to the beach and you've only got, you know, three more hours of sunshine. Hey, let's let's play in the sunshine while we have it. Or you go to an amusement park and you've only got one day there. Well, let's do as many things as we can on that one day. Let's not just sit back and watch people 
let's go enjoy ourselves. Let's go have a good time. Let's go make something happen. Or you're a worker and you've only got a certain amount of time left in your day and you've got work to do. Then you've got to, as the old saying goes, make hay while the sun shines. I mean, today I'm working on a new book and I'm writing this thing and I'm going, wow, it sure would be great to finish this chapter before the end of the day, but I I know I've got to stay disciplined and focused and have a laser point view of what I'm doing so that I can reach my objective to use my time in a, a great way, in a reasonable way. In fact, Ephesians 5, verses 17 and 18 says that because we live in the times that we do, that, that we are to make the most of our times, knowing that the days are evil. So make the most of our time, knowing that the days are evil. You know, James 4.14 talks about our life uh, being uh, sort of like a, a mist. In fact, let me just read that verse to you. He says, he says, come now, in verse 13, you say today or tomorrow we shall go to such and such a city and spend a year there and engage in business, make a profit. He says, yet you don't even know what your life's going to be like tomorrow. You're just a vapor that appears for a little while and then vanishes away. And so our lives are, are like a vapor. Psalm, excuse me, Proverbs 27, 1 says, Do not boast about tomorrow, for you don't know what a day may bring forth. Well, the Bible tells us throughout the whole record of Scripture that we are aliens and strangers. We're sojourners here. We're tenants. We're renters here on the planet. Job 8, 9 says, For you're only of yesterday, and we know nothing because our days on earth are are like a passing shadow. Psalm 78, 39 says that our lives are, are like a wind that passes but, but does not return. And so there are many scriptures that tell us that, that we're like a flower that comes forth and withers and the sun beats down on us and we go away. Psalm 102, verse 11 says, My days are like a lengthened shadow and I wither away like grass. All flesh is like grass, Isaiah 46 says, and all its loveliness is like the flower of the field. And so knowing that we have a limited amount of time on this earth, we should make sure that we spend it wisely. I mean, we're given the same amount of time every day as anyone else is. So we just have to make sure that we are spending what we've been given, that we are doing with our time the best that we can. You know, that reminds me, there, there are a lot of time stealers in the world today. Things and even people that will rob you of your time, that will take away your precious moments. It's like the saying goes, I mean, after you watch a, a stupid video or, or whatever on, t- on TV or on, on the Internet, and you just say to yourself, well, that's five minutes I'll never get back. Well, it's true. It's five minutes you'll never get back. You know, we spend hours staring at our phones every day. Think about that for a second. Think about 20 years ago, 30 years ago, if you'd have told a generation that their children will spend their entire lives staring at electronic screen held in their hand. And that'll be their habit. Just checking updates, posting things. That's what they'll be doing. And and those are time stealers. We have to watch that. We have to watch social media from just eating up our lives. Put down the phone and start enjoying real life. 
because there's a lot more to life than what we can see on our phones or experience with our phones. And we miss the things that are really important. I know a man who told me on his deathbed that only two things that really matter in life, and that's God and family. I worked with teenagers and their families for almost 30 years. I never had one single dad or one single mom ever say to me, ever say this to me. They never said, I spent too much time with my kids. Never. And yet I had dozens and dozens and dozens over the years to say to me, man, gosh, I wish I could go back in time. I wish I could spend time with my kids. I wish I could be there for them more. But you can't do that. You can't rewind. You can never go back. You only have what you have right now. So what are you going to do with the now? Now, obviously, we have to get up and go to work every day. That's not wasting time. Unless you're in a job you hate and you need to get out of that job, you're not wasting time. We have to do the things that are important in life. We, we have to do the, the tasks that we have to do. We have to do the laundry. We have to mow the grass. We have to, you know, take care of ourselves. I mean, we have to eat and cook. And all, These are not wastes of time. These are things that are required that you have to do in life. We have to make sure, though, that we're in control of our lives and not that, that other things are controlling our time and, more importantly, our interests and our passions. You have to do the mundane tasks in life. That's, that's what gets you through life, but that's not all there is. And so we have to have a perspective about our time and about what's been given to us. I'm reminded of the parable that Jesus told in Matthew Chapter 25, beginning verse 14, he said, he's talking about the fact that we are to be ready for the coming of the Lord. And he says, for it's just like a man about to go on a journey. And he called his own slaves and entrusted his possessions to them. And to one, he gave five talents. A talent was like a, a measure of money in, in his day. So five talents of silver, let's say. To another he gave two, and to another one, to each according to his own ability, and then he went on his journey. Immediately the one who had received the five talents went and traded with someone and gained five more talents. So he made an investment. In the same way, the one who had received the two talents gained more, two more. But he who received the one talent went away and dug it in the ground and hid his master's money. Now, after a long time, the master of those slaves came and settled accounts with them. And the one who received the five talents came up and brought five more talents and said, Master, you entrusted five talents to me. See, I've gained five more talents. Good for you, buddy. His master said to him, Well done, good and faithful slave. You were faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter now into the joy of your master. And it says, The one who had received the two talents came up and said, Master, you entrusted me two talents and... I have gained two more talents. His master said, well done, good and faithful slave. You are faithful with a few things. I'll put you in charge of many things. Enter to the joy of your master. And the one who had received one talent came up and said, Master, I knew you to be a hard man, reaping where you did not sow and gathering where you scattered no seed. And I was afraid. So I went away and hid your talent in the ground. See, here's what you have back. Here's your one talent back. But his master answered and said to him, You wicked, lazy slave. 
You knew that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I scattered no seed. Then you ought to have at least put my money in the bank, and on my arrival I would have received my money back with interest. Therefore it says, Take away the talent from him and give it to the one who has ten talents. For to everyone who is who has shall more be given, and he shall have an abundance. But from the one who does not have, even what he does have shall be taken away. And cast out the worthless slave into the outer darkness, in that place where there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. That's talking about hell, obviously. And the parable is directly applicable to the Jews of Jesus' day who would reject the offer of salvation that he was offering them. He says, hey, you, you need to invest in spiritual things. You need to invest in the truth that I've been given to you. And, and you know, in, on a broader scale, God has given us all things. He's given you special, I mean, literal talents, skills, abilities, personalities, job, money, everything that you've been given. How are you using those things? How are you investing your time? How are you investing your money? How are you investing your energy? your life energy that God has given to you? How are you investing your family, your marriage? Are, are you being a good steward, a manager of what has been given to you? And that, my friend, is the question that will determine whether or not you are wasting your life. If you can get through a day and wonder what in the world good did I do? What progress did I make in my life spiritually, relationally, financially, you know, professionally? If you can't say that you move forward in any area of your life and you did nothing to try to do that, then I would suggest to you that you're probably wasting your life. And there's nothing worse than a wasted life. There's nothing worse than undeveloped potential, especially in your relationship with Christ. And there's so much available to you today, but you have to be able to choose wisely in your life to be a wise steward. In fact, the the, the very previous parable that Jesus told was about the 10 virgins. And some virgins kept their, you know, kept oil for their, for their lamps, for their torches, and, and others just, just lazy. They just didn't care. They had a torch, didn't care if it had any oil in it or a lamp with oil in it. And those virgins got turned away. Those bridesmaids got turned away when the wedding feast came. See, Jesus is saying that we've been all been given opportunity. He's not denying the opportunity to any of us to become Christians, to have an influence for Jesus to expend energy in helping others, encouraging others. But we have to make sure that we don't commit the ultimate tragedy in life of wasting our time to be on our deathbed and for our last words to say so much wasted time. You know what? You can have a lot of possessions and do a lot of things in your life and go a lot of places and take trips and spend a lot of money and and you can still be wasting time because your time is not invested in the right places, and in the right people. You need to make sure that if you're going to write a check to somebody, to a church, to an organization, to a nonprofit, 
You need to make sure that that organization is doing something good with your money. You need to make sure that you're going to spend time with someone that you're going to be giving to them spiritually and relationally and positively building them up in Jesus Christ and not just hanging out. I mean, at least make it worthwhile. (laughs) I mean, have fun. But at the same time, there's got to be some portion of that relationship that has a point to it. So you have to make sure that your life is on point, on target, that you're not just spinning your wheels in life. And maybe you're saying to yourself, you know what, I I think I might be spinning my wheels in life. I'm in a dead-end job. I'm not happy. I'm at a point in life where I'm starting to feel depressed, and I just think I'm a big, fat zero. Hey, you know what, we've all been there. And there are times in life when you need to call time out and take and make time to do some inventory, to evaluate your life, and to determine whether or not you want to continue to live like this and just keep on wasting your life and wasting time and regret your life at the end of of your days, or whether you want to say, no, I'm going to turn this thing around. I'm going to make some concrete decisions and perhaps even involve some other people in these decisions so they can help me on this. I'm going to make some concrete decisions that are going to help me achieve my next goal so that I can say to myself, I'm not just blowing my life away. But I'm rather hitting the bullseye. You know, several years ago, then many years ago, I took a personal retreat. And I just, I read a book, and it was a really good book about life purpose. It wasn't the purpose-driven life. I've never read that book. But it was a great book on how to really make sure that you're doing in life what you're supposed to do. And I started writing on a legal pad and just kept writing all these things. Ended up with about 70 pages of handwritten notes about my life and about what I wanted to do, what I wanted to accomplish. That was many, many, many years ago. And of the things I wanted to do in order to make my life purposeful and meaningful with the talents that God has given to me, I said, Lord, I want to write a book. I want to write a book that will influence people's lives. And it wasn't long after that I had my first book published. I said, Lord, I want to make sure that I'm not an absent dad. Those, that's a high priority for me in my life. And so my wife and I made some very difficult decisions about our job, about my job at the church, and about how I would spend my time so that I could make sure I would be home with my kids. And so I wouldn't be an absent dad. And they would look at me when they were 18 and say, where in the world were you when we were growing up? Those are just some simple decisions. Now, they may cost you something. But you know what? In the end, you've got to determine what's really important. What are your values? And once you determine your values and your life direction through the power of Jesus Christ and his Holy Spirit, you make a decision to move forward, come hell or high water. You don't care what people think. You don't care what your employer thinks. If, if you need to take another job for the sake of your family, then as a, as a man, I would say to you, man up and do it. As a woman, I would say, hey, have some fortitude, you know, be a woman and, and go do that, you know, but you've got to make those hard choices. And, and guess what? Every day I'm faced with the temptation to waste time. You know, I, I work alone. I work here in my office and, you know, I'm a self-starter. I have to have enormous discipline to do what I do, to write and to manage a nonprofit. 
And you know what? I don't always do a great job at that. But that reminder this week was a great kind of jumpstart trigger thought to my mind to make sure that I manage myself and my time in a way that's really going to give me the greatest return. And that is really how not to waste your life. You want to be able to look back and say, hey, you know what? I left it all on the field. And I'm sweaty. I'm dirty. I'm scratched. I'm bent. I'm broken. You know, I'm beat up. I'm bruised. But guess what? Nobody's going to point a finger at me and say I didn't give it everything that I had for my family, for my calling in life, and most of all, for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So pray the prayer the psalmist did. Lord, teach me to number my days so that I can present to you a heart of wisdom. You can do it through his power. God bless. See you next time. Thanks for listening to the Vintage Truth Podcast. Please subscribe and share with a friend. For more about Jeff's ministry, go to jeffkinley.com.